Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. My name is Gavin Creel, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theater podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. Our guest today is a man who needs almost no introduction. He's a Broadway and West End leading actor who has a Tony, an Olivier, a Drama Desk, an Outer Critics Circle and a Glad Media Award to his name. He's appeared on stage in Spring Awakening, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Hair, La Cage Folle, Mary Poppins, The Book of Mormon, She Loves Me and Hello Dolly, of which he starred alongside stage superstar and icon Bette Midler. Now he joins Grammy award-winning musician and leading lady Sarah Bareilles in the London production of Waitress at the Adelphi Theatre as Dr. Pometer, a role he reprises here in the West End after playing it on Broadway. Get ready for some serious pie action and puns as we go Sugar Butter Gavin. Please welcome to Eleven, Gavin Creel. Yes, that was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good introduction. You don't mind the pun, kind of the pie puns? Oh, come on, let's have, just give them to me. Okay, fine. Smash me in the face with them, how about that? <laughs> I was going to say to start with, kind of... This show, sing, you write about in the show, you talk about, you sing about, they even make, but there's no pies anywhere in this building. Like, where are they? There are pies in the building. Where are they? They're downstairs on the deck. They're, they're, right now, they're cutting them up for people to eat on stage. There, a lot of them, obviously, we can't have fresh, they, it, would, it would be cost prohibitive to have real big shiny pie, and they wouldn't look good under the light. Yeah. So they have some really expensive beautifully made props um prop pies but then there are when people are sitting there eating they're actually eating i eat a, I eat a a gluten-free tart in the middle of the show two bites and i savor that moment do you just <laughs> crave pie all the time now because of the show because it's kind of constantly on your mind i'm i'm, I'm sort of method in that dr pometer is off sugar and i sort of am as well at the moment just trying to get rid of refined sugar out of my diet which is so boring let's just kill this podcast me talk about that a little more <laughs> so no not too much pie at the moment no because a story about kind of gynecology and pie oh god musical, this is this is already a bad like, lead in gynecology yeah. and pie everybody you're like, oh how how would this work but yeah it works so brilliantly it's, it's pretty neat right how, when people say to you what is witches about how do you kind of explain it to them um you know not a lot of people ask me that i guess y- you are and i'm gonna tell you now <laughs> let me see what would i say I would say that Waitress is about the journey of a young woman who doesn't feel so young anymore, who is trying to figure out uh, her way through a life that she did not plan and that she did not think she would end up here. And I think that what's, that's what makes it sort of universal. It's, it's that feeling of like, I thought life would be different by now. I thought by this age, by this time in my life, I would be X, Y, Z. I would be higher, better, something. Yeah. And she's in a, a, a bum relationship, and she's working as probably making very little money at a diner in Indiana, which is in the Midwest of our country of America. And she just doesn't see any way forward. She doesn't see a way out of her existence. And I just love watching a very normal person summon tenacity and courage and a voice in the midst of a community that does not encourage her to have one. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good way to put it. Because I mentioned in the introduction that you'd actually done this show in New York as well. And this is this is week three, I think, of you being in the West End. Yeah, we're just starting week three. (laughs) Truth, I only did it for four weeks on Broadway. Sarah Sarah came in uh, 
for the last time to that company. And she said, I'm going to go in for one more month. Will you come and do it with me? And I hadn't, was never part of the pro- project before then. We actually sang a bad idea at a at an American Repertory Theater benefit before it started at the American Repertory Theater yep. where it debuted out of town. So that was my, I learned the songs and I fell in love with her there. And um, But yeah, I'm going to have done it two weeks longer than I did in New York. So I feel like I'm, I really like this guy. I like his quirk and I like his, uh, his conflict and his bad decisions and his bad ideas. And, and I love this music so much. I mean, she's written a score that is just like pop meets musical theater meets emotion. All of, all of it just happening at once in one beautiful pie, if you will. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you so much, everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) How is it getting to sing songs that Sarah's written opposite her as well? Are you like, she knows all of this music, she knows where it comes from, she kind of knows how it should be. Is that nerve-wracking, or I guess you guys are friends? A little bit, yeah, we're friends, but but honestly, we were in Tesco the other day, and she goes, hey, you know what I was thinking? Do you want to try this on Monday in the show, so we're going to try something new in the show? And I'm like, that's the composer just going, what if we tried doing this slide here between these two notes, and don't take a breath there, and we could match up, because she was on on, on tour going through the country uh, just before she came here. Yep touring arenas like I saw her play Madison Square Garden for 11,000 people sold out it was amazing um, and she and her the, her back her bass player sang You Matter to Me which is my favorite song she's ever written and my yep. favorite song in the show and they had they did some little ornamentation in the sh- in the sh- in the song when they did it on tour so she said what if we try it tonight I honestly don't remember what it is so she's gonna have to <laughs> sing it to me before I get on stage <laughs> but that's not how it goes but yeah I mean, Sarah I, I, I mean <laughs> sometimes I worry about it I, the question is is honest and it's a, it's like it's a good it's sorry it's a good question and thinking like this isn't just a brilliant actress who I'm playing opposite it's the composer and once in a while I have a little fun I like I like you know lick something or riff or take an option optional note and i always wonder if i'm going to look back at her and she's gonna be like what are you doing don't screw up my music <laughs> and she's never like that she, she's like change the key to make it fit the person and and if there's something that's going to make it more exciting try she's so open to that it's just have to be run by her of course yeah of course yeah of course, she's the boss she's the boss <laughs> yeah because i i don't want to kind of go on here saying gossip but when i was looking at some of the things that people have been saying about you in the show Me? the word naughty and mischievous does tend to come up quite does a lot. it really so, so maybe you're the naughty or maybe it's not her it might be i love that i am gonna say the end of act one is one of my favorite things to play on stage because saturday night when we did it this past Saturday, we tapped into something that we hadn't yet. And we were like, we got done and we were like, whew, that was hot. That was really hot. <laughs> and I'm gay as hell. So like to have a, she did, she really did a number on me. So like, it was pretty, pretty cool. And also, um, uh, knowing you're in the hands of somebody you can trust like that. She and mine and mine and hers. That yeah. sounded dirtier than it should have been. It I'm did. naughty, you know, <laughs> naughty. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how does playing it for a second time, but also in, I guess, a different place, kind of vary to the first time, or are there no differences? Well, um, the West End, that's the question I get asked the most, the difference between Broadway and West End. Uh, I know that's not what you asked specifically, but the West End is very, I mean, once you're on stage and you're telling the story, it's like, I used to say the audience is required, or these audiences are mental here. It's so cool. I mean, you're on stage with a rock star, so they're going to be a little unhinged for her. But um, I don't know. They're really responsive and excited. M- Americans tend to be a little more, um, you might call obnoxious, and I might call vocal. <laughs> never. Never. <laughs> yeah. We tend to, like, just yell and scream and clap and stuff and be loud. But um, 
I, I think I find um, this time around getting to do it just deepening and getting it. I mean, normally you, I've never done a, a contract this short. It's usually six months or a year. Yeah. And then you have to go through the discipline of like you deepen and then a few months in, you're like, oh my gosh, I know every corner of this guy. And then you go further and then you have to get through the discipline of this is boring now and I have to say it again. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 boring people are bored. You know, I, 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 I can make this interesting and I sort of enjoy trying to get back to what am I saying? What is she saying? Yeah. What's, what do we want? You know? And then some days I'm just terrible. So I just try, I try to fake it the best I can. <laughs> I mean, it's not like people know the show. I mean, those fans are obsessed, right? Like they, yeah. they love it and they're very protective of it as well. And I think that's why there's so much excitement, not just about Sarah, but you as well coming here. Because oh, people I think are excited to have you back in the West End. I'm really excited to be back. I mean, the last time I was here was Book of Mormon at yes. the Prince of Wales. And that was, we opened, oh my Lord, seven years ago next month, I think. Our first preview was like March 15th or something, maybe, beginning of March. Called Good Memory. Yeah, I have a terrible memory. I don't know why I remember that. I know it was 2013. I know it was March. Um, it gets crazy to me. That was seven years ago. The thought of having to play Elder Price right now, I'd rather eat my own eyeballs. <laughs> that part almost killed me. It was so hard. And you were amazing in it. I was very happy to see you. That's very kind of you. Thank you. I really enjoyed playing it. And, and it's one of the greatest... I think one of the greatest written musicals of all time. Definitely, it's so smart. It's so iconic in the way that it, it, t it tips its hat to so many different musicals, and also the subject matter is so co controversial yet also universal at the same time. I just, I just love that show. I'm gonna pop over and say hi to the gang when I get some time. They'll be like, I think I might recognize you. Yeah, they'll be like, get in here, old man. <laughs> you were too old to play it then, you're definitely too old to play it now. <laughs> in terms of this show, um, the subject matter is serious, but it's also very fun as well. It's very much, it kind of swings from both sides. Yeah. Um, in terms of the audience's reaction, I'm always interested to see how people react to some of the more difficult scenes in the show, but then also I think find some great relief in realizing that they can apply the success that Jenna has in the show to their lives. How has it been in terms of New York and here, getting to see how the show has affected people's lives because it really does translate. You're right. That's a great comment. I, I have to say my in, my immediate reaction to what you just said is, and this is a London audience, I, not that Americans don't listen, but London audiences are really tuned into and silent in the quiet parts and really listening to the point where I feel this subject matter and the, and the arc of her and, and her discovery, I feel like they're really affected by it here in a, in a really beautiful way. It's just finding someone who is stuck, who can't find their way out. You're as the audience going, it's through there, go, go, yeah. you can do it. You're rooting for her, you're rooting for her. And when she finally finds her voice, I think it's such a cathartic experience for the audience, you know? And you want, you want to believe that there's a little Jenna in everybody mm -hmm. and in yourself, there's some part of everybody I think that has been like, oh, I was misunderstood or somebody treated me poorly or I wish I'd. So if you haven't ever had that chance to, to find your voice, come find it at Waitress, you yeah. know, like come watch her do it and then leave. I think people do leave here like going, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go home and sort myself out or I'm going to yep. go home and sort myself out is also kind of dirty, isn't it? <laughs> I'm um, noticing a theme. Yeah, yeah. I'm naughty. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm going to go and sort my life out, and then I'm going to go home and sort myself yeah. out. Hey! Can you say that on this podcast? You I don't can, know. I mean, you can say anything. I can yeah. say anything. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll try not to be <laughs> dirty anymore. 
Hey everybody, welcome to Waitress. <laughs> and now you're also working with a certified Grammy winner. The you're day before her opening. I was going to say, you, so you're sat knowing you're going into the show and then that happens. Then do you think, I might as well just not turn up. Like she is like well, running at home. How, how did you feel when you found out that she'd won? Well, I got to tell you, you know how I found out is I, I knew the Grammys were the night before and I, obviously they start at one in the morning here this time. And I knew she was nominated, but I, just, I don't know why. I just forgot. I, I didn't, I didn't. And I woke up and had my breakfast and then she came downstairs because we live in the same building here and she's like, you want to walk to work? She opened up the door and she's like, hey. I was like, hey, what's going on? I won a Grammy. I was like, what? I, I, I'm still in shock. I'm, I'm in shock that she hasn't won one sooner because she's, I think, so brilliant. And I, th I think she's the best female vocalist in pop music today. I stand by that. I think she and Adele are, are like, Adele has like that mm -hmm. iconic voice. And, and I, was, I was asking my best friend at home, who else, Celia, is better than uh, Sarah? Like, who 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 is like on Sarah's level from a fo fo singing, a vocalist? Like, knows how to. She's like, yeah, Beyonce. And I was like, <laughs> okay, fine, Beyonce. Let's yeah. put Beyonce in there, there too. I just think she's that good. So to be recognized now, and then to have it be on the the eve of her West End debut, and the, the love that came at the at her from the audience that night. And subsequently, every night since, like they just keep getting better and better. Yeah, it's exciting. Definitely. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm sharing the stage with the Grammy winner. <laughs> I'm the gynecologist of a, of a Grammy winner. <laughs> I look at a Grammy every night. I don't know what that oh, means. Ew, gross. We all right. know what that means. Hey. <laughs> um, obviously, you've got Marisha Wallace in this show as well, who oh, returns, who is incredible as well. It's literally just a, an ensemble of powerful women. It must be like the yeah. most liberating thing ever. Evie Hawk. Uh, yes, Evie who just, just joined. joined as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. It's it must be amazing. It's it is amazing. I think they're, they're kind of quite a dynamic. A, a terrible trio. What do you say? A, a terrific trio. Terrific trio. Yeah, they're they're just. I mean, Marisha is so funny. Evie is so funny, and also so human and quirky. And Sarah is like this beautiful center to that the, the three of them. And I just feel like you have to see them together yeah. while 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 they're here, and while Sarah's here, and Marisha is here, and Evie's here. They're just. They're dynamic, the three of them. They have such a great, and it happened instantly. Like Sarah knew Marisha, obviously she was in the original company and Sarah was here putting the show up last year. But we were in the rehearsal room the week before we started and Evie was in there and I misunderstood Evie's participation. I thought she was like a swing and she was just there to help us out because she was so good. And so like I had no, and then at one point I, I asked her, so you, you, I started a week ago and I went, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and then I saw her, I see her on stage every night and I go, She's like an old. She's like an old pro. She's yeah. got an old soul in her, and she's remarkable. So they're 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 amazing. I saw her in um, Carrie, and it was like it was like. Did she play? Church. Did she yeah. play Carrie? It was insane. Oh like it was, it was like a religious experience. I it's, bet. Was that down in the, in the, the Charing Cross? Yeah, the, the, uh, near Southwark, near the Southwark. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. No, okay. It was amazing. She's she's phenomenal. So yeah, definitely yep. come see. I think it's a great group. We got the whole cast is great. Everybody's everybody's you know swinging for the fences. Yeah, that's a baseball reference for those of you who don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know sports either, so I just I'm douchebag just then. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. I um I was very lucky last year to host with Lucy Jones who plays Jenna uh. here um as well and she um we hosted a pride themed karaoke night and we ended up having um my friend Nina West who came to the show yes. on Saturday I was so excited yeah to meet um we she ended up singing do it singing doing a lip sync should I say to Lucy Jones singing she used to be mine which Sarah reposted it was this amazing Wait, did moment Lucy singing on stage on and stage then, oh, that's amazing stood there with the microphone so it meant that it was like vocal gymnastics it was pretty it was something pretty amazing wow. I'll show you the clip and wow. um and it, I was like is 
isn't She Used to Be Mine like the best lip sync song ever? Have you ever tried lip syncing to that? Because I know no. you sang it. I've heard, I listened to you sing I it before. And it's amazing. Oh, thanks. You know, I, I just did a little arrangement of, my, of that and played it on the piano. But um, no, I don't think I'd be a very good lip syncer. Okay. There's a whole chin thing you have to have and the lip and the tongue. And the, you know who Lip Synca is? As in? Lip Synca, the, the performance artist, the drag. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 so, yeah. She is the master at it. She yes, does telephone 100%. calls and conversations. And it's like an, it's an unbelievable art. So Nina West is, I'm going to leave it to her <laughs> to crush it. Um, well, you said something I wanted to comment on. Oh, Lucy Jones and, and David Hunter. Yes. Like, we, we serve at, at the pleasure of Lucy Jones and David Hunter. Like, they are remarkable. And, and I'm excited to see Lucy's concert. Um, I've seen clips of her, Jenna, but I, I didn't get to see it live yet. I'm hoping we'll be able to see it before we go. But I've seen David, and they're just so good. Yes, and it's like, it's very intimidating to step into the, clo- the, the crocs <laughs> of, of David Hunter because... I watched him and I was like, oh, he's like a master, comedic and sensitive and beautiful singer. And yeah, so I, I, had, a, I had big cracks to fill. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. I think when people come to see the show and it's obviously you get to experience Americans in the roles, get to yeah. experience kind of Brits in the role. It feels like we've kind of got the best of everything at the minute. It's yeah. It feels like one big love in it. It's it cool. and, and everybody's American to me. It, it's, it's obviously easy for me because it's my country and I grew up in Ohio, which is right next to Indiana. Okay. I'm, I, even though my character's from Connecticut, but like, uh, it's they're doing it. They're they're taking us there. Yeah, really I just neat. have this kind of vision of you emoting in the wings to uh, Sarah Bareilles every night, and she used to be mine, just being like, just like sending it home. We, or, at, the, at the end, we stand before we're pushing the bed out, the yeah. hospital bed. Um, Nate and I in the cast, and we just listen to her finish, and we're just like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you wrote that, and you sing it like that, and you're dead center of the pitch, and you're sensitive, and you're taking your time, and you're killing us." <laughs> Get out. <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. Go bow and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've mentioned uh, Sarah, we've mentioned Lucy. So I wanted to play a very quick game with you before we take a break. Um, so I wanted to play a game of kind of dream Jenners or unlikely dream Jenners. Oh. So um, I've got a couple of names and I just wondered what you thought about them maybe taking on the role. So it's Okay, fun. now that I don't know what you're about to say. Everyone's <laughs> listening. I have no idea what's about to come. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to try to be nice, but I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so, um, okay, let's, let's start at the very top. Okay. Let's go... Patty Lapone as Jenna. Always, Patty can play anything, anytime. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Patty Lapone. I would love to see that. She'd be, he's imperfect, but he's kind. But I don't know. That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. I'm trying to think of me singing "You Matter to Me" with her. Would I'd die? <laughs> I'd die with Sarah every night, but I would be dead. If Patty Lapone. <laughs> How about um, Adina Manzel as Jenna? That's a really good idea. Mm. And she's like a mother as well, and. I think that would be really good. Yeah. You know how um, they're making Mean Girls the musical into a movie? Yes. I had this crazy idea of maybe Adina Menzel playing Jenna in the Waitress movie musical. Yeah. Because that would be like a... Obviously, we want Sarah, obviously. Yeah. But like that that could work. If Sarah doesn't want to do it, that's yeah. a great choice. Yeah. But if, if, if anyone's going to do it, I want to see Sarah. I want, I want her to put this performance on film. Definitely. How yeah. about um, my queen, Audra McDonald, as oh. Jenna? I mean, literally... If you wanted her to sing that teapot over there, I would cast her. Well, she has played a wardrobe. Yes, Beauty and the yeah. Beast. I mean, I, anything. These are all such good choices. I'm a fan of every single one of these women. They're, yeah, Audra McDonald can do anything. I wonder if you'd be a fan of this one. How about Gavin Creel as Jenna? Never. No way. I have no interest. Uh, uh, I do think um, there. I flirt with like the idea of like sometimes I listen to those Earl scenes and I go, what do I get out there and like 
beat that woman, like like do that horrible part, like that. It's just a it's so hard. Tam is so good, and it's so hard to get out there. And you're like abusive and horrible. And I think, would I want to go there? I don't know how he does it every night. Yeah. I could do it once, and I'd be like, ugh, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. But no, I don't want to play Jenna. <laughs> no, I I, I would want to play. Go ahead, throw your rocks I at me gonna say that. from your little glass house and then take off running. To be fair, I'm sure Marisha would swap with you, so I bet we could actually Oh my gosh, could you imagine her coming in and be like, uh, I'm your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dr. Pomater, and you brought a pie. <laughs> with her big smiley face and her amazing voice. I love it so much. I'm into that. We should do that. This is yeah. turned into something that we might actually be able to make happen. Maybe fingers crossed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no one will come see that ever. Just you. Me and literally nobody else. Yeah, exactly. I'm we'll, we'll do it, it for you. It. We'll do it for you. And Patty <laughs> Lapone. <laughs> and Patty Lapone. Yeah. Okay. What about Patty Lapone as Becky and then Ogie? Oh. She'd be good, Ogie. Oh yes. Yeah. Gonna, I remember talking to Nina West, and she said very quickly that she would love to play that part. So wouldn't that be? That's a great idea. Yeah. I was like, how do you make this happen? So I said, we'll talk to Sarah. We'll make yeah. it happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. And um, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in sixty seconds. Welcome back to Eleven. Gavin Creel is still with me. Hello. Hi. Uh, we were kind of talking about Sarah's awards and how amazing Waitress is, but you have a pretty impressive set of gongs of your very own. That's Wait, what did you call them? I was going to say gongs. That sounds really weird. I love it. I love it. Gongs. It's like the gong at the end of Aquarius. In <laughs> I, got a, I got a couple gongs for you, everybody. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, where do you keep your gongs? But I don't know if I'm just I making a, this work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Naughty pie day. Um, I, I have a bookshelf at my house that, that they just, they're down on the bottom because, I don't know, it feels obnoxious to have them up high or anywhere displayed. So if you're there, if you're in my house long enough and you're coming over and sitting in my living room, you might be looking at my books and be like, oh my God, there's a Tony, and there's Olivier. Yeah. And, I, and I have an award for, I have two awards for Broadway's best Peter Pan and Broadway's best uh, Wilbur Turnblad. I volunteer with an organization called AHRC where we work with yes. um, physically and intellectually challenged adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do Broadway shows. The, the, the head of the whole program is Dale Hensley. We did La Casual Fall together. And I met him. He's a wonderful man. And it is one of, it's life-changing theater. And, yeah. and I, I won two awards with him, playing Peter Pan and Wilbur Turnblad. I'm very proud of those. They'll sit next to the Tony and the Olivier. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kate Winslet keeps hers in her toilet. So every time anyone goes in there, she said, they're always in there a long time. So they're there with the Oscar, you know, uh, totally. pretending. That's the, way, that's the place to put it. I used to put, when I was nominated for Thoroughly Modern Millie the first time, I put my nomination plaque in the bathroom, right way down low next to the loo roll. Because I thought, well, if you're in here and you come in, you'd be like going for the toilet paper. And you're like, oh, my God, that's a Tony nomination <laughs> certificate. Yeah. I gave, I gave them my mom and dad have my Hello Dolly nomination certificate. My sister Heather has my hair certificate and my, mm-hmm. or my Millie certificate. And my other sister Allison has my hair, hair one. Amazing. Does, does getting those awards ever become normal? Like, do you get like two in and you're like, this is, of no. course, this is always weird. No, we have a joke. Celia, my best friend, uh, who won for To Kill a Mockingbird last year, we have a joke about how like awards and how much they mean, and and they do mean a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I don't want to be flip about it. it. It is such an honor, and of course I wanted to win. Of course I wanted to be recognized. But I, dre- I when I was seven, I dreamt of it. I'd love to win a Tony someday. I'd love to win an Oscar. Whatever. Blah blah blah. But now that we have been lucky enough to have our name called and make the speech and all that wonderful stuff and dress up, we joke that like. Oh, does this Tony make you happy, Celia? She's like, no. And I'd be like, why not? We both look at each other because we need two. (laughs) (laughs) Two Tonys. That'll make me happy. (laughs) The the, the joke of like, if you had two, then you're happy. Norbert Leo Butts is is truly happy because he has, you know, (laughs) 
It's all BS. It's so funny. And I don't, I don't, um, again, I don't want to make light of the honor that it is. Yeah. But I also want to tell anybody who's dreaming like I did when I was seven years old until I was got my name called that like, hold on tightly, let go lightly. It's like, yeah, dream and then just let it go. Yeah. Because that's not, if that's what you're in for, you should pick another profession because there's way better awards and a lot more money at the end of that, that light mm-hmm. where you could possibly be recognized and be a CEO of a corporation and have $65 million bonus or some <laughs> nonsense. I don't know. I made that up. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I always imagine Autumn McDonald with her six just has them as doorstops. You have too many. What do I do with these? I went to her house and I'm not kidding. There was one, the day that I was there. She was, she was like, oh, here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Oh, there's one there. She's like, oh. she goes, oh, crap. I don't know where that one is. <laughs> and it was somewhere in her house. She's like, and she wasn't like, here's one here's one that's not her at all we were and she was like really kind of stressed out about the fact that she goes oh crap because you can't you have to sign a contract and that you'll never give it away or lose it and and it's numbered and it's like a whole thing yeah it felt very fancy after when after the tonys were over and it came in a box and i was like oh open it up it's engraved and then there's a number under it my numbers i probably shouldn't say i don't know if that's illegal or not i don't know (laughs) but it's there and yeah it's amazing. It's, it's so, amazing. so, so amazing. And looking at those two awards acceptance speeches, who knew that Gavin Crew was a style icon? The green oh my and the blue. Gosh. The Tony Awards one I was obsessed with. Thank the you. The pale blue. It's that so good. That was Jeff Mashey. Uh, Malam, Malam, Bet. Jeez, I'm messing his name up. Malam Breton. Crap, I'm going to mess up his name. I have to look it up. Um, he built, constructed the whole thing, and Jeff Mashey designed it. Jeff Mashey was the costume designer for uh, She Loves Me. And he's a friend of mine. Yes, and yeah. Whenever I have to, I have you know, I like to take risks with style. I've I've failed miserably. Look up pictures of me in the opening, uh, the Tony Awards for the hair. Oh my god, I look like a train wreck. And that was made for me too, and it was beautiful. But my hair was terrible. I look like I. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but that night, I said, I want to, I want to, I really enjoyed. Um, I like dressing up and being wild yeah. for a night like that. It was so much fun. That was my second favorite most, second favorite part of that evening. It's pretty great. Does it translate to day-to-day life? Do you get dressed up or are you not really that bothered about fashion? Look at me now. I you look, look good. Literally. What are you talking about? You were like, oh, I look okay, terrible. I'm tell you, those of you who can't see, this is not visual. I am in a, a stretched out theory t-shirt that I think someone gave me as a present. And I'm wearing the same. I bought, I bought these jeans on Amazon. Oh, and I do have these like, kind of future shoes. They're called Ufus and they saved my life. Look them up. They're called UMGs. But I literally, I don't know. I love I love when someone else buys me something that's great and I go I'll take that. You're gonna end up with just loads of clothes at stage door. Oh you're come on now, that. come <laughs> on. Okay, I don't like prints. I just like simple solids. And I'm a medium. Just yeah, cut down exactly. the side. No, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I want to talk about is your openness about your sexuality. So oh, you have been open pretty much through all of your career. Was... Already, the truth is, I didn't come out till hair. I didn't okay. come out professionally. I mean, I'm, professionally, I, all yeah. the people who knew me knew I was gay, but like. There was an interview I did for Out Magazine. It was in The Advocate first that um, Justin Ocean Ocean did, I think. It was his name. Lovely guy. And he was asking me questions about Claude. And it was kind of hinting around, do you have any relation to Claude's struggle for his identity or anything? And I was like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this now. There was no... And what was weird, it, it made a little bit of news for like a half an afternoon. Yeah. Where like it was on AP Wire. And I just thought, I'm who am I? And that this made news. It was before Instagram and all that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, it's because we need to come out. We need to like tell people who we are so that it doesn't have any power anymore. Yep. And I like to think that social media and, 
and Instagram is kind of doing that yeah. now where people are just like, I'm gay, moving on. Yeah. I'm trans, I'm bi, I'm... Or not, we're not saying bi anymore, apparently. We're saying... Pansexual, is that right? I, I, somebody told me heteroflexible. Okay. Because bi is obviously on the binary. And, yeah. You know, I'm learning all kinds of things. I have no idea. I make many mistakes, but I try. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I also think it's important as well that when people do come out, they you forget about the power of someone else watching you do that act. Mm-hmm. And you think, even if they don't, don't come out or they're struggling with their own identity or their sexuality, they see someone else do it. And I think that's what's important is that we're teaching other people, even without realizing we're teaching. That's probably why you yes. got a little bit of... Um, why people are kind of picking up on it and talking about it, and making it news because it, it is a powerful act even today. Yeah, I, it is. Yeah, I appreciate it, you saying that. It's really important. Yeah. Um, in terms of conversations you've had with fans, do they ever talk to you about their sexuality? Have they ever kind of been inspired mm-hmm. by you and the way that you've been open and honest? Some of, yes, some of the most inspiring conversations I've had as of late. I wrote a song called For Nancy, which I made. I made a record, and the first song I was like, my first song. My buddy Robbie Roth and I made this the first two records, my first two records together, and it was a song about coming out to my mother. And he wrote the tune and the first stanza. Okay. And he was like, "Can you finish this song? I think this could be an important song." It was his idea, and I was like, "Yes." And we finished it, and then we were putting the set or the what do you call track list together. Yep. What order? And I'd never made a record, and I was so exciting and like, "Oh my gosh, what is the first thing I want people to hear?" And I was like, that. I want them to know who I am from the jump. And that song has made um, an impact to fans of mine and people. Mm-hmm. They've come up to me and I, I've, I've gotten letters. I mean, Sarah, I know, has this ad nauseum with Brave. and But yes, on, a, on yeah. a very small level with my little indie record, I've had people write me letters and say, I didn't kill myself because you taught me how to talk to my parents about coming out of the closet with that song and I played it for them and then I could have the conversation and I'm like wow that's uh, my my work here is done yeah and that wasn't about me trying to like I want to be a, a leader I mean I do love being a le- I love standing up for marriage equality when we fought for it and mm-hmm. starting Broadway Impact which was mobilizing the theater community to fight for that but that was just about I want to make a record I yeah. want I want to make music that is honest and fun, and I called it Good Time Nation because I want people to listen and have for 39 minutes just feel like, oh, this is such a good time. This is so fun, and and you listen from start to finish, and I put it in that order before when I thought people listen to albums and people listen to singles, and I went, well, if you want to, it just press play, and it's 15th anniversary of the record, and we're going to do a concert in New York next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. 15. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I know. <laughs> I was two when I started. Yeah. Um, but there was something else I wanted to tell you. Um, about that. It'll come back to me. It'll come back. TBC. We'll come yeah, back to TBC. that. Yeah, <laughs> TBC. Well, it seems like a really good link because um, we spoke about you doing Book of Mormon here and obviously you're in Waitress at the moment. The other show that you did in the West End was Hair yeah, and you uh, got to work with a soon-to-be real-life ice princess in Casey I Levy. Did, I like, did. Like, I, I spoke to Casey Levy and I've watched the videos and I saw her in Ghosts and I saw her in Hair and even today I think is she actually human? Is yeah. that the voice? Like, Mm-mm. it's ridiculous. Like, is it's it ridiculous. It's ridiculous for two reasons. And this is my expertise talking. When you listen to that woman's voice, the first time I heard it was in the lobby. We were learning the, sh- the songs. Sasha Allen, who also has one of the greatest voices yes, on the planet. Sasha Allen, Casey Levy, and I were joining the company, and the rest of the company was coming the next day. We were sitting in the lobby, and Casey started singing... Good morning, starshine. And she has this warmth that happens, not in her nose as in its nasal, but it, she has this openness in, in her um, 
in the front part of her that is warmth, like I've never heard in in a, in a in a voice. And the second part is she can also peel the paint off the ceiling of a room with that unbelievable forward point of her belt, mm-hmm. and and it's remarkable how she does it. When I saw when we went to watch Sarah um, host the Tony Awards, yes, and. It's the crime of crimes that Casey was not nominated for her work in that. Neither was Patty, and they were both so good in Frozen. But she got up there and rose up through the floor and, uh, and sang yeah. the back half of Let It Go at the end of their their montage. I was I stood up in in Radio City Music Hall and I was like, that was the performance of the night right mm-hmm. there. And then she had this gorgeous dress on, and we saw each other at the after party at the Carlisle Hotel, and I was just like, oh, my cast is getting here. You might hear a little bit of noise. They're a little bit wild. I'm going to have to tell them to shut up. Um, but she she killed it. She crushed it. Yeah. I was so proud. That's so naughty. <laughs> and then you go from Casey and all the other amazing people that you've worked with to working with Combat Midler. Yeah. I mean, and you're on the album. I was literally listening to it on the way here. And, you're, and I was thinking, I'm going to talk to the, the man that literally is singing with Bette Midler, which I know. doesn't even seem right for me to even have that conversation with myself. Oh, but. it's just, I, I, can't, I still can't believe it. I can't believe it's done. I can't believe it happened. Um, I'm so glad she came back at the end of the run into those yeah. last six weeks. So we got to like experience it one more time. And, and I also got to work with Bernadette Peters and Donna Murphy, like these, yes, these like yes. theater legends and international legends like like they're just their their influence is so far reaching but Bette Midler is truly every single lane in entertainment she is placed first in you know she has done everything and it's remarkable to watch her her work ethic and her her seriousness she's so serious about what she does and and I loved every second of it (laughs) I did I mean it's from from her Yelling at me, not yelling, yelling, but like yelling, you're stepping off the stage when, when it was like the tape markings on the floor when we were rehearsing. And yes. I looked up at her and I said, oh, I don't pay attention to those until we get on set. And she says, why not? We're not going to step off the stage. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> to, to her walking upstairs with her like turban on and her like skinny jeans and her cashmere sweater holding a bottle of unbelievable tequila and her going like, who wants tequila? You know, like at a party we threw in our hallway and it just, just knowing her as a human being is mm-hmm. such a thrill. And I have a huge piece of art that she gave me for opening night that oh, is, wow. hangs in my house that I'll have for the rest of my life and know that Bette Midler gave me that. That's from, <laughs> from Bette, we're on first yeah. terms. <laughs> on the back, on the back, I tape the thing on the back and it says, Gavin, you're the greatest, love Bette. And I'm like, I mean, for the rest <laughs> of my life, it's just, I still can't, I'm gonna like cry or laugh or barf or something to saying it. <laughs> I'd let you be buried with that. Like, That's coming with oh, yeah. Me. Yeah, oh yeah. No one else is having that. I'm gonna be laid on top. It's a really big, it's like seven foot, piece of art um and i'm just gonna lay my dead body on it and then shove me out to sea and that'll be my little raft <laughs> out to the heavens thank you bet that's camp and it's better that is yeah. so camp yeah. and i love the fact that that superstars of her stature and her size are coming to the stage and are feel at home at the stage and this is happening in the west end at the moment i, mean, I know melda staunton's obviously playing bet's role here mm-hmm. and i know that she's obviously an icon of the stage here but she's very huge in films as well and she's going to be the queen in the she, fifth season of the crown yes yes how yes, exciting yes, is yes. that it's it's crazy, yeah. like, and I love the fact that people really understand now. I think more than ever the importance of theatre, and that feels like real progression. I think everywhere. Well, I have to say that's thanks to you. You're teaching those people and a young generation to give a crap about the theatre. If it weren't for programs like this, or talking about it, or you know, as l- most people don't know who I am, and getting to have a moment to chat is really nice. To be able to talk about 
I mean, theater people know who I am, maybe, yeah. but like, it's 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 exciting. I yeah. thank I thank you. I thank you. Thank you. You're very yeah. welcome. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I try my best. <laughs> okay, we do it well. Thank you. We've literally got a couple more minutes, so I'm gonna um, play another game with you. Okay. So um, I'm gonna do a quick fire round again. So I'm gonna say the name of the shows that you've been in. Okay. And I want you to say just a couple of words about your lasting memory of that show. So okay. what it meant to you. Okay. Okay. So um, one of my favorite shows ever, La Cage aux Um, Danny Davis. That's, that's, that's the thing that comes to mind. He's a lifelong friend of mine and has been such an amazing influence in my life. And yeah. Amazing. Uh, hello, Dolly. Um, Bernadette and Donna. Also, I want to say, um, my progressive Christmas party. I'm just going to leave that out there. Oh, okay. Legendary. Uh, Spring Awakening. Oh my gosh. Um, getting to sing Duncan Sheik's score was, was paramount to my development as a as a contemporary theater singer i loved that experience um one of your faves thoroughly modern millie oh um sutton 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 all day long sutton just i I never until sarah i'd never had chemistry like that on stage i've had amazing Mm co-stars and i love all of them but it was next level and sarah is taking it to the next level for me it's like it's weird um hair best show i've ever done really yeah my favorite show i've ever done I've said this in interviews before, but when I die and I'm pushed out on that painting, <laughs> um, the uh, the heavens will open and I will get to go. My, my, it's going to be two steps. I'm going to get to sit in a chair and say hi to all the people I missed. And then we'll all go to the Al Hirschfeld Theater and I'll go in the stage door and everyone will be there. And they'll get a half hour call and it will be. we'll do it again. And everyone will be there. It'll be like, that's my dream of heaven. You really thought about this? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm secreting it. I'm you know the secret, yeah. Rhonda Byrne. Yeah, like I'm, I'm literally manifesting my death. <laughs> that my death will be met with joy and reunion of friends, and then we all go to hair, and and it it just never ends. It's it was just magic. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Mary Poppins. I just saw it on Thursday. Okay. And I watched Charlie Stemp, who we did Hello Dolly together, and Zizi Strallen. Both of them were amazing, and all the cast and crew, everybody was amazing. But I can't believe I did that. Like, I, and there's a lot of stuff he's added in that I did not do, and there's no chance I could ever have done because Charlie's a crazy dancer. But I did 90% of what he's doing on that stage, and I cannot believe I ever did that. Mm. And I don't think the people who put me into the show ever did either. They, they were like, I don't know if he can do this. And it was also the thing that brought me back to musical theater. Mm-hmm. I was burnt out. I was ready to quit before that show. And Mary Poppins literally brought me back to life. I'm so grateful to Tom Schumacher and to Cameron freaking Macintosh. That that man, those men changed my life. Um, a small off 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 Broadway show called The Book of Mormon. Yeah, that tiny little gem. Yeah. Um, vocal dress. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that that it's. I have PTSD from that show. I tell the producers all the time, Scott Rudin and Anne Garfino. I'm like, I love you both. You've literally again changed my every every show has changed my life. They changed my life. Yep. Casey Nicola. I was forever indebted to him for including me in that, all the people involved. But I was three and a half years in that show. And by the end, I was like, I can't breathe. It was amazing, but so hard. Um, A show that I watch very regularly on, maybe in a a legal streaming website. But anyway, She Loves Me, which I love. That was a neat that was a neat step outside of, of of roles that I normally get to play and I was really proud of what I did and I was really glad that they let me take a stab at it. Because I, I see myself more as a George. And I think I would love to play George someday. Mm-hmm. Um but uh it was really fun to get to do that. And I'm I, I've never seen the sh- the 
tape. But okay. people say it looks really good. Oh, the, the costumes. When The second you said the costumes in relation to your oh Tony, I was like, yes, it makes sense. Isn't he really remarkable? Does. Yeah. He's remarkable. And the kindest, smartest. And he comes from the fashion world. He works at Donna Karen, I think, now. and But his style is unmatched. Yeah, Jeff Mashey, baby. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and finally, what I'm going to let you go do very, very shortly, which is waitress. Sugar butter flower. Uh, I am going to say this. If this is controversial, it is. It's my second favorite theatrical next to hair. Oh, okay. It is. It is. I've loved them all, but and it's because of one Sarah Bareilles, not just what she wrote and what she created and how she collaborated with Diane and Nadia and Lauren and everybody on the team and Jesse Nelson who mm-hmm. wrote this beautiful story, and 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 Adrian Shelley who wrote the beautiful story and is who is the angel that looks over this mm-hmm. entire project. Um. But for me, it's it's Sarah all day long, and and I. I'm gonna say it here that we're gonna do a new show together. Um, we're just we're just uh, crafting what it's gonna be, but we're gonna play opposite each other in a new show. Wow, that'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, that'll be so so good. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I feel like this podcast was originally just gonna be called your name, but actually we just call it the Sarah Bareilles Lovin. That's I'm all. I'm telling it. you. I'm telling <laughs> you. I'll do. I, I I'm. I will do anything for her, and and until the rest of my life. Yeah. That's a promise. I promise. Um, Gavin, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, You're here in Waitress in London's West End until the 7th of March. 7th of March. That's it. And the show's remarkable and you are average. I'm trying. I just try. (laughs) I try my best. (laughs) Um, I'm joking. Thank you so much for being on 11. Thank you. You've been listening to 11, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about 11 at club11.london or via our official social channels. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.